1: Good afternoon and welcome. Mayor John Tory is calling it a $7 million public relations exercise by the government of Ontario. The Ford government says it's a sincere offer to help cities find those elusive efficiencies. I'm speaking, of course, about the offer to fund external audits. The city says it already does that. The province says the city has ignored most of the Auditor General's recommendations and that the province found billions when it went through the line-by-line audit process. The city says the big problem is that these budget cuts are retroactive and there's no way to make them work at this point without raising taxes or cutting core services. The mayor says the province has not responded to his offer to sit down and look at efficiencies going forward. And surprisingly, even the Toronto Sun agrees that this retroactivity is unfair and problematic. So we have a range of perspectives, starting with Premier Ford's Parliamentary Secretary, Stephen Lecce. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing, Libby? Fine. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you. Just here at Queens Park. Okay. Well, uh, so the uh, war between the city and the province continues. Uh, how come you do not um, take the uh, the argument about the retroactivity as a, a good a good argument on their part?
2: You know, I, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't characterize the the disagreement as a war. I think you know, there's just a cultural change a cultural difference that's happening between Queen's Park and and some municipal governments. I mean, when we were elected on June 7th of last year, the people of Ontario gave us a mandate to return our budget to balance after the fact that we have a $15 billion deficit and we have the largest debt of any province or state in the world. And so I think people, including many Liberals, former and current, uh, uh, certainly the vast majority of the population accepted the premise that we needed to return to balance and end the waste in government. I think it is um, difficult for folks back listening to your program across Toronto to accept the premise of the Mayor of Toronto, who is a partner and we work with closely, but that there isn't waste to be found in Toronto. I mean, my goodness, the Auditor General of the Toronto, of Toronto's Council put out 200-odd recommendations to reduce uh, waste and increase the uh, efficiency in the delivery of services, the modernization of services. And I regret to report to you, Libby, that not a singular of those proposals have been enacted and so when i hear politicians including you know many of whom in good faith with great altruism in their voice are suggesting no 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 there's no fat to be cut here i just don't believe it because look in the province of ontario we came into office we campaigned with a mandate to reduce the back office efficiencies by four cents we found eight we did all of that by cutting those back office efficiencies inefficiencies Yet we reinvested those savings and a lot of new money into education, $700 million in the class. And we yeah, but what health care investments for mental health and for long-term care. And so you can do both. You could reduce inefficiencies while moving those dollars to where it matters most. And for me, as a new legislator and as a young person with aging parents, I care about those dollars flowing into the services that actually matter. Yeah, That's but health, s- education, is the safety Stephen- of our families.
1: If I may, yeah. uh, I'm going to read from a Toronto Sun editorial. So I don't think that Mayor Tory is saying that they can't find efficiencies or places to cut. He's saying that he can't find them retroactively because, as you know, the cities have to balance their budget. That process was completed and money spent before the province came out with his budget. But just this is the Toronto Sun, huge right. supporter of your government, the editorial we agree with Mayor John Tory and other municipal leaders that it was unfair for Ford to announce retroactive cuts to provincial funding, given that municipalities can't run deficits and their 2019 budgets are already set. Is that a fair comment? No,
2: what I think is unfair is that taxpayers are essentially being asked to delay this exercise by another year. And the constant refrain of politicians of any stripe i'm not i'm not opining on just those in the, the left or the center but all politicians i would argue overwhelmingly say try to defer the problem down the road kick it down the, to the next generation maybe another year or two and that is always an excuse to defer leadership and action and so look
1: yeah but you yourself you're not stock, balancing the budget for yeah, quite respect, a few years with, Sorry, sorry said one more time Let me i said back. you're not balancing your budget for quite a few years
2: well, we campaigned on returning to balance and we came up with a plan that returns us to balance without having to make any dramatic reductions in spending in the areas that matter. In fact, the FAO today corroborated the point that by doing what we're doing, that five year return to balance, we, we meet that balance of investing in the areas that matter, but still having a credible pathway to return to balance. And with respect to the city and to municipal governments, I mean, in Ontario, 90%, just over 90% of Ontario's spending goes to transfer payments to municipalities, agencies, et cetera. So... The assumption in the question is, you know, why not wait? Isn't that a reasonable request? Well, when $0.90 cents of the dollar is going out the door to these agencies and municipalities, the expectation is, you know, we could do our part for the $0.10 cents that we retain control over. But for the overwhelming majority, we need our partners to work with us. And finding $0.04 of the dollar is a healthy exercise that any good organization, nonprofit, corporation does. Every household, every person listening, be every senior while uh, listening today has to balance their budgets, many fixed income seniors. Why is it that government gets spent frivolously in Ontario we got elected when we were we were taking in forty million dollars more, spending forty million dollars more per day than we took in. And so I always find it odd that there's this this unusual paradox of everyday families, middle class people at home having to balance their budgets, and yet government could literally, without any concern, rack up the credit cards, Hoping that the kids and grandkids pay the price.
1: Well, well, I think they they
2: can't. It is the time to act. It they, is the time to act. Libby, if not now, when? Why well, is it a problem? We well, have in this province, and we need all of our partners to be part of the solution.
1: Well, I mean, they are basically saying that they would prefer to act going forward, and that they can't make it work retroactively. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, you know. You've had a bunch of polls, or several polls in, in the last week or so, which show that that people don't believe your arguments. They think the province is on the wrong track with the way these cuts are happening. You've had problems with sorry, other referring even to changes. The poll
2: that Opsu commissioned?
1: I'm referring to, there was that one. There well, okay, was well, let's, Polara. Let's,
2: let's, let's, let's note for the population yeah. that a union hostile to the government paid for that poll. Okay, let's, Yes. Sorry, sure, sorry, that's interrupt. fair
1: enough. Yep. But there have been a number of these. We've seen the premier, who you know generally has been one of the most popular guys I've ever seen. Suddenly, he's getting booed at public events, and uh, I have to say this is completely unscientific. But even here on this show, where the vast majority of people support him, I've started to get calls from people saying I regret voting for for Doug Ford. So. Uh, you know, is, is do you recognize that the way this is happening is uh, turning people off? You know,
2: I, I think, you know, to be honest with you, I appreciate that people get turned off to intergovernmental spats. Uh, feds versus the province, municipalities versus the feds. Like I get that they just see this as just politicians running their mouth. I think for me, and you know, if I may focus my time on this radio interview, and as a legislator, I actually want to work across levels of government to deliver savings for the taxpayer. And look I'll give an example of how we did it without having to make any reductions in back office spending. We literally by the by through our Treasury Board, um we're able to realize upwards of a billion dollars every single year simply by centralizing procurements across government, essentially all the things we buy, we now centralize through one agency. So our purchasing power, uh, you know, we, we get better value for a dollar by, by buying in higher volume at a lower unit cost. That is a simple example that we do in the province that the government, the former liberal government didn't do. So I'm not here to suggest that this exercise is easy. I just think it is necessary that every level of government scrutinizes their spending to ensure that the taxpayer who's working harder than ever and taking home less actually could have some sense of confidence that their dollars are being utilized on the services that matter. Yeah, and in this budget that we unveiled, uh, that emanates from, that this issue is emanating from, you know, we're able to find those back office efficiencies, which we had a mandate to do, but we also are making dramatic new investments in things that people care about, what actually fundamentally matters to families at home. And notwithstanding, you know, many seniors are listening to me, but you've got people of all demographics. I mean, we're announcing major investments in mental health today. Today, new money in mental health. We just announced thousands of long-term care beds, 30,000 long-term care beds. Folks are waiting on the 30,000-person wait list. We just funded 6,000 with a plan to build 15,000 in the next four years. I mean, we are making new investments in home care to make it more accessible for people in their home and have more adaptability and flexibility in how we deliver uh, medicine in Ontario. The fact is we're in year one. We're doing everything we can to to tackle hallway healthcare, to improve education and to get people moving when it comes to the gridlock that is debilitating in the GTA.
1: Be- before we go, you know, I think the example you gave is a perfect example on procurement. So, Going forward, you can centralize procurement, but if you already have contracts in place and they have penalties on them, then you can't retroactively cancel a contract for whatever it is you're buying without paying.
2: Well, I think what it does is it raises raises the question of why... That proposal, which I understand to be one of the proposals cited by former AGs, why the city had not acted on it already? See, we wouldn't be having this discussion, Libby, if political actors across party lines in municipal governments had the courage to to ensure value for money. I mean, this is not—I mean, Libby, this is fairly common sense. Centralized procurement get greater value for your dollar. Any reasonable, credible organization does. this yet, in 2019, we're just doing it. And so why is it that in Toronto that proposal wasn't enacted? Why is it that it requ- the premier had to bring this issue forward to, the, to, the, to, the, uh, to bring some light on it that we're now talking about, quote, common sense ideas like centralizing procurement? The fact is this should have been done, and the premier is saying, and he signaled this when we got elected, every level of government has to do their part. We are not going to defer the problem. We are not the party. This premier is not the leader who is going to defer the problem on our children. We're going to act. We're going to deal with these issues today. We're going to get our fiscal house in order, and we're going to protect the services that are so foundational, so vital uh, to the, existentially to our lives, our quality of life, our health, and our ability to be able to afford a roof over our head and and put food over our table. So for us, this is a moral act. Intergenerational debt is wrong. We pay a billion dollars every month in interest rates, in interest payments. We actually spend more on interest than we do in hospitals in Ontario. I mean, that is just an unacceptable proposition. The Premier is saying enough is enough. And I think common and I think a lot of folks out there across party lines are saying, get on with it. Find me those savings. OK, get well, and end the waste.
1: we will certainly see what the people are thinking. Stephen Lecce, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate your perspective. Thank you. OK, let us bring in a couple of city councillors involved in this process. We've got Deputy Mayor Stephen Holliday and Mike Leighton, who is on the budget committee. Hello there, both of you.
3: Morning. Afternoon. Good, afternoon.
1: Good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon, Libby.
1: So presumably, uh, you've, you've heard what Stephen Lecce had to say, uh, and uh, presumably you've also heard, I was surprised to see the Toronto Sun in its editorial taking the city side on this and saying it's unfair to announce the cuts re- retroactively. So uh, where are you at with the city? Let's start with Mike Layton.
3: Well, first of all, I think it's important to establish that no, mer- no matter where you are on the politi- political spectrum, and unless you were a relative of, of the premiers, uh, it's, in Toronto, City Council opposed the way that the province was making these cuts, that they were retroactive. And I think it's important to establish that, that you don't change the rules halfway through the game. We've seen that now from this government to... Uh, to the city through first the election and and now this. We had an approved budget. We went through uh, as much of a line by line as we could in the amount of time that we were afforded uh, to go through division by division to find savings. We did. We did. Maybe not as much savings as some on council would, would, would have wanted, maybe not as much investment as some others on councils, like myself, would have wanted, but annually we go through that. It's the most transparent budgeting process in the country everything happens uh, and, 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 nothing happens in the back room in the, in the, uh, in, in the cabinet, uh, in a cabinet discussion. This all happens out publicly. We ask questions publicly and they outline, uh, the city staff outline the, the magnitude of the cuts. So it's important to establish that first. Then we look at some of the actual cuts that are being made to public health, to child care, things that people depend on, things that actually save us money in the longer term, or in this case of child care, let people, let parents get back to work, uh, so they can start contributing to the, to, to the greater tax, uh, tax pie. So I, I think it's so important to recognize that the way this is happening is just so fundamentally unfair to cities, uh, to, to, to municipalities and their residents, uh, that, that it's changing our budgets midway through. We've got to pause on a tax bill uh, before we send out the second half of the tax installment.
1: Okay, uh, I'm going to bring in Councillor Gary Crawford, the budget chief. And Councillor Crawford, uh, one of the things that Stephen Lecce was saying, and the Premier's been saying as well, he said the city has not adopted the recommendations of the Auditor General. Is that true? Hello?
3: Hi there, Libby. I think you meant uh, Councillor Holliday rather than Councillor Crawford.
1: No, I meant Councillor Crawf- Crawford. Oh, we lost
4: him. I, I can take that yeah. one, Libby. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> who
4: who might be? It's uh, it's Stephen Holiday. Okay. And, uh, and in fact, I'm the chair of the city's audit committee and was the chair for uh, uh, for the the end of the council term last school round. Um, the vast majority of the many many recommendations that the auditor puts out throughout the year are implemented. It is true, uh, not all of them are implemented on the spot, uh, sometimes the, there is a, there is a, you know, a, a time gap or a bit of a battle to get them done, uh, and we have reports that are very transparent in that nature and a lot of times the reports have explanations as to why uh but rest assured every member of council if we saw that opportunity to save some money and encourage the staff to take an action or make a policy change to save the money we would do it we would do it and it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on savings are savings so somebody like me on the uh, the right side of the polit- political spectrum would say that's great that's less tax than we can uh, that we have to raise from our constituents and other members of council would say that's great that's more money we can spend on programs
1: Uh, Let's bring Councillor Crawford in now. Hello there.
5: Hello. How are you, Libby?
1: Fine. So, uh, again, your take, the province, like they're repeating that that it's only four cents on the dollar. They're saying that retroactive should not be a problem and that uh, the city, we just heard uh, Councillor Holiday explain that you uh, didn't implement the recommendations of the Auditor General all at once. But that is being done.
5: Yeah, understanding too. And I agree with Councillor Holiday and actually with Councillor Layton too. Um, With regard to the Auditor General's reports, we actually, through the budget process, report out on the efficiencies and the savings. We actually highlight that as part of the process. Now, understanding that depending on what the item or issue is. Sometimes it takes months, sometimes it takes years, uh, but we have already committed to, uh, as I said, the vast majority of the recommendations uh, are implemented. They do take a little bit of time. With regard to efficiencies, with regard to the ability to actually go into and open up a 2019 budget, we do not have that ability to find the kind of efficiencies that are being suggested, that 4%. And let me give you some numbers to, to, uh, to reflect that in the last four years, and then Councillor Layton was correct, we we work incredibly hard. So we have Uh, our city staff that in the last four years have found over $90 million just in modernization processes. We've actually found close to $100 million in true efficiency. These are the line-by-line efficiencies of going in and looking at all the individual budgets. We have done that. We also have the Auditor General, um, by the way, and I know the province has mentioned they're going to give money to so many municipalities. That's wonderful. We already have a third-party Auditor General. We spend $6.6 million a year, and that is 36 permanent people who are going through uh, line by line all the divisions and agencies all across the city, and they are finding the kind of savings and the kind of efficiencies we need. So we're already actively doing that on a very day by day month by month basis the challenge we're having of course is the retroactivity as everybody has been mentioning to be able to go in and find those efficiencies i can tell you right now in my position as, as a budget chief they are not there there are efficiencies we can always find efficiencies but the volume of what is suggested we can find in a matter of months and weeks is just not realistic at all
1: and um Councillor Holiday and Leighton, so is this off, offer of bringing in an outside auditor, is, is it kind of an insult, or how would you characterize it, starting with Councillor Holiday? Well, it seems to me as sort of a way to buy yourself out of a problem.
4: Um, All of our material is out there in public, as some of the other councillors have mentioned. Councillor Layton said it's a transparent process. Um, Look, uh, all of us are open to suggestions on how we could do it uh, differently, how we could do it better. I'm sure the auditor would love to hear uh, from that. Uh, Is there always room for improvements? There are, Uh, but I don't think anyone is going to simply find a several hundred million dollar magic solution on a single line item. And even that said, and I don't want to drift away from the important point here, If you brought in a special auditor today, it would take them six months of work to go through all of these lines and try to find savings that we haven't found yet. And that would put us at the end of 2019. And as it goes so far, a city council still has a several hundred million dollar hole to fill. So to reinforce the point, to chop that money in the middle of the year, Turning the ship that fast is just not a realistic option.
1: That's an interesting point. And, you know, the province had their line by line back in the summer, I guess, and it seemed very quick. And, Mike Layton, it's, it seems to me that they seem to rely a lot on outside consultants and then act very quickly on these reports. Uh, what's your take on that?
3: Well, I think what we 're seeing is a, is a government that doesn 't have any direction they 're kind of running in all these different directions at the same time, um, thinking that uh, that they can pass on these these so called efficiencies to other levels of government uh, let's take child care for an example. They came out saying we 're making a cut to the administrative end uh, uh, of uh, of uh, of the child care uh, cost uh, certainly the the city of Toronto can find eighty million in, uh, in, in administrative savings for ch- within the child care program. The problem is they 're not telling you two things one uh, first of all they, the, the province man- mandates a certain level of uh, of administration, and the city does quite well at administering that and it 's a small fraction. Of of the overall budget of of uh, children's services, uh, and then the second piece is well only fifteen percent of the cut that go was was from administration. The vast majority was for subsidies for low income families, and then there was a large chunk that that was from programs that were for training uh, training childcare workers to help accommodate. Uh, uh, children with special needs, and they they just fail to tell you that. Well, well, no, it's just administrative, and then they they leave out the the meat of it all, which is the cuts to the to the actual subsidies and the changes to to the formula that funds uh, fund subsidies. Meaning the municipality is now going to be on the hook. That's just downloading one of their so called efficiencies for mini- municipalities to implement.
1: Councillor Crawford, um, how much? time or room is there before citizens get another property tax hike? Uh, The mayor launched a website, he's launching a petition. It it seems he's still trying. And, And have there been any talks specifically on the issue of one time funding? I mean, is this is this a fight that you might win?
5: uh well listen it's a fight that we we need to win um as i said you know and, and 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 look at the conversation we're having now uh with my two colleagues one you know sort of on the left one on the right this is not about you know political sides this is about what really makes sense um the tax uh um notices are supposed to be going out now uh we paused on that the council actually said no we we are not ready to do that so we've actually extended the time and giving us a bit of, you know, and we're only talking weeks, Libby. This is not months. We really literally have weeks to be able to, you know, know, be able to send out that second tax bill. So the city manager is bringing a report to us, I believe, in June, uh, probably the latter part of June. And that will outline if we have to make the cuts. And I think that will reinforce the challenge and not only if we either have to make cuts or we have to increase taxes. Once we see that, it'll become very clear. And, and, and I, I don't know what it'll be, but there will be, you know, there will probably be a tax increase. I'm hoping that before that, with the kind of pressure that we're putting on the provinces to sit down and the mayor's been very clear to sit down with the province and agree that we need to find the efficiencies, but don't do it in the manner that they're doing it right now. Because I can tell you right now from my perspective in my role, we cannot do that in the matter of weeks um, that are before us.
1: Okay, uh, let's hear from a couple of uh, callers who've been waiting patiently. Doug and Lindsay. Hi, Doug. Hi,
4: Libby. I'm just uh, thinking about the uh, efficiencies that Mr. Ford has found.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, I don't think he has found efficiencies. All he's done is cut uh, the various uh, health cares, education, et cetera, and, uh, f- and forces that onto the municip- municipalities.
1: Okay, so you don't think uh, you, you would you agree with the city then?
4: Yes, I would, definitely. Yeah. No, he, I don't see that he's had any efficiencies himself.
1: Okay, that's an interesting view. Uh, and uh, Keith in Stouffville. Hi, Keith. Oh, hi, Libby. What's your
2: take? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I changed my mind a bit by listening to these guys, but your first guy had a lot to say, which was good. Uh, Mike Leighton, if uh, Doug Ford gave uh, every citizen in Ontario a million dollars, he'd found something wrong with that. But anyways... And, you know, I mean, the, the, the council didn't start out very well. That they're going to look for effic- uh, d- uh you know, for efficiencies in different things by giving themselves a raise and and hiring uh, 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 four or five people. I don't know how many more people because they said they need them because they cut council or whatever. You know, that's a load of baloney. I think you know so. I mean, if they if we saw if I'm sure if the government saw something from the council that they would that they might find some efficiencies, you know, that might, things might be a little bit better for them,
0: you know.
1: OK, well, I'll run that by them. Keith and Stovell. Thanks for that. OK, we are uh, running out on this segment. Uh, Stephen Holliday, what would you like to leave us with and where do you think we are left with this?
4: Sorry, uh, we, uh, we definitely have a challenge before us by the province. Um, I don't take exception to the province cutting the funding that they've provided, provided that they own up to the cut. Um, it, it is their money. It's their choice. They can't make it the city's responsibility to make up the difference. Um, I, you know, and I hope they reconsider those thoughts. But what they've asked us to do is is not realistic. Um, they're putting us in a position that uh, that requires us to cut services in order to fill the hole that they've essentially downloaded on the city. Um, I look forward to working with them over time. Uh, because all of us, uh, right and left of council, always want to look for the efficiencies, but I don't think it's fair to turn the channel and say it's all about finding efficiencies. It really is a difference in transfer of money from the province and that it has been their choice to make.
1: Councillor Crawford?
4: Uh, Very
5: quickly, I I want the province, and if I was speaking with them right now, I'd say that we are and have been, uh, especially in the last four or five years, incredibly fiscally responsible, and we have been finding the efficiencies. Can uh,
1: Can I just interrupt you and ask, do you have a percentage, they keep saying four cents on the dollar, do you have a percentage that you can say that you have found?
5: Um, well, I would have to do a quick calculation, and I can't. So uh, when you're looking at the numbers, we have, as you said, almost $91 million in efficiencies with modernization, upwards of $100 million uh, in just line-by-line efficiencies that we do over the last four years. So I'd have to you know, calculate the budget over four years and divide it by that. I don't know if it's 4%. We have gone out to our staff in the past looking for 1% uh, in, in savings, looking for 2% in savings. So the number is probably similar. similar. Similar to that, Um, but again, those are those are the numbers I have. It's upwards of over two hundred million dollars over the last four years, which it works out to be about fifty million dollars a year in efficiencies that we find on a very regular basis. And you know, to find be able to find more in the weeks that uh, are expected is, from my perspective, not realistic at all.
1: And are you hopeful that uh, you can reach an accommodation on this and maybe get one-time money or whatever? Absolutely,
5: and and I think Council was very clear last week that we we need accommodations and the one-time relief for 2019. We will look at the conversations for 2020 and the bigger issues, but 2019 is, is critically important for us right now.
1: OK, uh, thank you so much for being with us. I'm sure we are going to revisit this uh, again and again. Hopefully it gets resolved. Councillor Stephen Holliday, who is the deputy mayor and the councillor for War Two, and Gary Crawford, the City of Toronto budget chief, appreciate you being with us. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.